0: Create for No Reason is your weekly dose of courage to stop making excuses and start bringing your ideas to life. Hello, hello. I hope you are doing awesome. If you have ever thought to yourself, am I living my calling? Am I doing exactly what I'm meant to do? Then this is the episode for you because that is what we're talking about. My friend Wendy, she shares these five questions that she asks her clients to help them identify their true calling and really help them step into their zone of genius, help them step into becoming the person that they are meant to be. And it's great, right? Because questions change our lives. When we ask great questions, we think about things differently, we make different decisions, and we can completely shift our perspective on whatever's happening in our life. So- I really like this episode because I love this idea of asking ourselves these questions, especially if you're in a period of maybe some transition. A lot of Wendy's clients are in that phase of life where maybe they're in that midlife where they're, they've are they had a great career, but they're looking to maybe switch things up and do some things differently, which is something that we've all felt at some point in our lives. So that's what this episode is about. I'm excited for you to hear it. I hope you get something out of it. Enjoy. I am so excited to introduce you to a very, very dear friend of mine. We go back so many years. It's really incredible that we have just seen each other grow so much over the years. And she she's just helped so not only me, but just so many women, everyone that she touches. And so I'm excited to introduce you to her. Her name is Wendy Blum Weiss. She is a visibility expert, best-selling author, international speaker, and business architect. She helps speakers, coaches, and entrepreneurs start, grow, and monetize their brand and business using her unique reverse-engineer-your-identity method. Wendy is also the founder of the Speakers and Coaches Society, which has grown to 22,000 members from around the world. Her newly released best-selling book launched this week. Today is actually launch day. So excited to have her on the show. The book title is Called to Speak, Lead, and Impact, which is an anthology book with a total of 22 co-authors. Her mission, legacy, and calling through spearheading this book is to help men and women from around the globe tap into voice, message, story, and most importantly, their own life's calling to make a positive impact in the world. So please join me in welcoming my good friend, Wendy Blum-Weiss. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Kate. It's
1: so great to be here with you and to celebrate. I got balloons today. It happens to be launch day, but truly an honor to be on your
0: podcast and show today. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you are a busy woman. This is Wendy's like third live in a row because obviously launching a book, it takes some time, energy, and effort to do so. And uh, I'm so proud of you for this book. I mean, what an exciting journey it has been just developing and creating this entire book with all of these really cool authors. Yeah,
1: it is exciting. It is exciting to do it in the collective and to do it
0: in community. So I agree so awesome. Well, I I want to talk a little bit about the book writing process, but later on in the show, I really want to get to the heart of this episode because it's something that I feel like a lot of us, we feel like we want to have purpose and meaning, right? And so as we go through our every season of life, I feel like, you know, in our twenties, we feel a certain way than our thirties. As we continue to get older, there's always this sense of, am I living my purpose? What's my calling in life? Like, What am I meant to do here? And that's really what you help your clients find is their their calling. So what does that actually mean? What is finding your calling and how do you help people to do that? I think I'm so passionate about this. I know I'm so passionate about this
1: because finding your calling was nowhere on my radar back a couple decades ago. Like, I went to college, I got my degree, a finance degree, I became a stockbroker. I worked for Fortune 500 companies and then ended up landing in the pharmaceutical industry. And it was a great career. But I always felt like something was gnawing at me, like tapping me on the shoulder, saying, there has to be something more because it's a very conservative industry and i needed a creative outlet and i just like i just felt like a disconnect so i didn't think about calling but i experimented with having a side hustle which was a lot of fun and then through that process i discovered what my calling is so it's not necessarily that you're going to hear bells ring and you're going to say, okay, there it is. Like now I know my calling. Some people do. I mean, some people from a very young age, like my cousin, he was in the hospital when the doctor came in, he was very young, like six or seven. And he said, I want to be a doctor, but that's not the path for most people. And it usually is a zig and a zag or you hit a major speed bump. And then you start to question your life, which is what happened for me in my mid forties, I started to question who I was. And I heard the idea around, you know, that thoughts become things. And I just kept thinking the same thoughts all over again. So I started to experiment with asking questions and then the path slowly started to reveal
0: itself. As you're talking, I'm immediately thinking, well, Okay, so your calling, is your calling kind of, do you have it from birth or do you have different callings throughout your career? Was this always your calling? You just hadn't found it till later on? Like when people think about their calling, is it is it kind of seasonal? Like what does that look like? Well, it's interesting because for me, the way I interpret it is that life
1: is a jigsaw puzzle and you're supposed to have the building blocks and that your career, so for example, I sold dictating equipment. So I used a, I sold a recorder that was a $300 recorder and I sold them to doctors. Now, later on connecting the dots and as Steve Jobs says, you can't connect them going forward. You connect them going backwards. That when I started to step into new possibilities, the whole idea around that you can have different seasons and possibly another career path later in life that i started using my recorder because if 70,000 thoughts could only really think about my past and my life experiences and that was defining my my viewpoint of the world and i wanted to reprogram new thoughts in I once sold dictating equipment. So when I heard the number 70,000 thoughts a day, and I was a professional and worked in the pharmaceutical industry, that was my path. And those were the thoughts. And that's what I knew. And that was comfortable for me. And we lean into things that we know and are comfortable, and we don't necessarily lean into things that are uncomfortable. There's the fear of the unknown, all of that. So I started using my recorder to record and ask questions and explore possibilities using my recorder. And that became a fundamental piece of the coaching that I do, because as you step into working in a corporate position and step into entrepreneurship or step into speaking i became a professional speaker but the voice said well no you're not like who are you to be a professional Mm -hmm. speaker or who are you to be a best-selling author so it's like okay so that's the dialogue that is wired in so how do i have a dialogue of who i can become i can become a best-selling author. I, I can become a successful business coach. So I use the recorder. But if I didn't have that piece, it wouldn't have dawned on me from day one. It dawned on me from day one. Wait a minute, I'm going to business conference. Wait a minute, I'm going to personal growth. I need to blend these things together. Let me record it and start building out my new identity. So that piece right there, we don't know what we don't know. And I was supposed to have the career path that I had. I'm so glad I worked in in pharma because it. I mean, I I had sales and marketing training and all the tra- even NLP training when it came to sales. When it came to my profession in sales and marketing, which is uh, reprogramming or d- the subconscious mind, and also rapport building. For, you know, your client and your customer and and that sort of thing. So I think it's all a jigsaw puzzle and you're putting together the pieces. But if you're aware enough, you say, oh, this piece over here connects with this piece and maybe this possibility. And then you try it on and see how it fits. And if it fits, then you lean in a little bit more.
0: It's almost like you're giving yourself permission to explore all of these different journeys. And I think the older, obviously, I love that you brought up Steve Jobs' quote, because I think about that all the time. You can't connect the dots moving forward, only backwards, because then you can see the connections. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard to see the connection when you're in the messy middle, when you don't know what next step to take, when you don't know what's that next right move that I should make in my career. And so I think so many people, a lot of your clients, a lot of a lot of men and women that are maybe like more in like midlife, we in this journey of what's next for me? Like what, how can I take all of the things that I've learned and discovered from whether it's corporate or entrepreneurship or whatever it is? And, and how do you help guide someone into knowing like, am I living my calling or am I out of alignment? Those are great questions. So I I like to
1: share, you know, five, five
0: questions to explore
1: and ask yourself to unleash, discover and unleash your calling. So first by asking the question, what kind of life do I want to live and reverse engineering that. And when you know what you don't want, then it helps point you in the direction to possibilities. And I was always trying different things. Like when I was in college, I had a company, Walls of Distinction. I talk about this in the chapter of my chapter in in the book called To Speak, Lead, and Impact. And that was great. I hung wallpaper and I painted the inside houses and the outside houses. And I made some really good money. I put myself through college. So I was a cashier at a grocery store. And then I had a side hustle uh, painting houses and wallpapering houses, but I was an entrepreneur. I owned the business. We had a business called a Card Walls of Distinction. But that really wasn't going to be long term. I really wasn't going to paint houses or put up wallpaper. I did it for a half a year, and mm-hmm. and it was good. It was it was an experiment, and said, okay, I can make some money on the side. And I can promote myself in this business and it worked, but it's not what I'm going to do long term. And I think when we say, what kind of lifestyle do you want to live? Then you start factoring in what that looks like. Like as an entrepreneur, flexibility to be able to work from home or to be able to work from other parts of the world. And to be able to incorporate who you are, that you're not wearing different hats and say, oh, okay. Okay. Now I'm conservative Wendy. Okay. Now I am very technical Wendy that I could just be all parts of Wendy Mm. at the same time. And that, that was the kind of life that I wanted to live. So that was question number one is to start to construct what that looks like and what that feels like that you feel congruent and aligned where you're thoughts and your feelings and your words and your actions
0: all line up and you're not different people trying to line it all up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought up feelings because this is something Wendy and I talk about all the time. If I call Wendy and I'm going through anything of any kind of change that I want to make in my life, she's always like, but do you feel it? I get that you're saying you want this, but do you feel feel it. Like touch, smell, taste, like all the things. You have to go into all the details of the actual feeling. Like how are you going to feel with the kind of life that you want to live when you're waking up? Who are you waking up with? What are you doing? And how do you feel when you're doing it? Which sounds easy enough, but it takes practice. It's easy to write down all the things, right? But it's a little harder to get in touch with the the actual feelings of, oh my gosh, I've accomplished these. What does it feel like to be a best-selling published author what does it feel like when thousands of people are commenting or writing reviews on your book that's when you have to get to that place so wendy always you're you're so good at helping to to, to make sure that you're getting the feeling not just asking the question
1: and that leads to the second question which is what are you good at because that makes you feel good so when i launched my whole Business coaching career was birthed out of making t shirts. And I felt amazing by writing these messages on the t shirts that were based around the question of what a version of what is your calling, which was what is your destiny? And then the answers were to be strong, powerful, courageous, and fearless, to be grateful, thankful, appreciative, and to count your blessings. And as I would write them on the t shirt, I would feel great. So if you ask yourself on a one to 10, how you feel, I would feel like an eight, nine, and 10. And even when I was in my hustle and working really hard, because for me, it felt like alignment. And I really loved that when someone would buy a t-shirt, it would light me up because the meaning of the t-shirt would light me up to know that somebody was being inspired. And the t-shirt in in a way was impacting their life. I remember this woman sent me an email and she said that she takes her friend every Friday for chemotherapy and she had bought two shirts, one for herself and one from her friend. And the message on the shirt is my destiny is to be strong, powerful, courageous, and fearless. They would put it on and all of a sudden they would embody Mm. the feeling. And who would have known that two years later I would turn in my resignation to step into the next season of my life to actually step into what I now know is my calling, but I suspect it because I could not do it. Like once you taste it, you can't not do it. You're willing to wake up really early. You jump out of bed. You're excited about the day. So when you ask what, what excites me and what am i good at and what am am i drawn to and you do that thing even as a side hustle you do it as a side hustle first and when you can't get it out of your mind because it's really pulling you it's it's literally calling you all the time to do that thing and that's how you know that you're in your calling
0: when you can't not do it i think about that all the time with some of the projects that i do i can't not share this message i can't not do this podcast i like it's what for whatever reason okay. i am meant to do it i don't know why i don't know what it's going to be or what it's going to look like but it's it's i hear comedians talk about that right like comedians will joke about do anything else cuz getting up on stage and that kind of life is it's hard right you're basically yeah. people are either going to laugh at you or they're not every single day it can be a really tough life but they're like I can't not like even some of the comedians that become so successful and they don't have to tour. They don't have to do work at all anymore. And they're like, no, I can't not get up on stage. Could you imagine Wendy, if everyone on the planet had that, that felt that about even one thing in their life, they can't not do that gives you so much energy.
1: That's the passion.
0: That's the passion that oozes out. When you hear somebody
1: share their message and they're in alignment, they are, oozing the electricity and you can feel it and you're drawn to it you want to be with those people that are super energized and turned on and i want more of that please and that is how you know because like if someone told me just retire right there just retire you know stop working you have all the money that you need everything that you need is is already there and and i have that life and i still can't not do it. I say, okay, I'll lay there for like a minute. I'm like, okay, all right. Like, you know, I've got to help somebody. I got to serve. I got to roll up my sleeves and, and leave a legacy or, or do something tangible that makes a difference in somebody's life. Because who wants to get on stage and speak? You know, that someone's going to say, you know, I don't really like that person. I don't really resonate with their message. And that's okay. Because you do have to walk through all that in your brain. You have to work through the imposter syndrome, which, you know, it's, it's real. The imposter syndrome is real. But because you're doing it and the calling is big and it's this light inside of you, it's this fire, it's this fuel that pushes you forward. You can't not. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay,
0: what is question number three?
1: You're genius. Everybody has talent everybody has gifts and whether you take one of those strength finder tests that you explore what your genius is. You go back to when you were a child and what is the thing that people come to you for? Are you the kid that could really like you had to have the, the lemonade stand and you were making money. You're a little entrepreneur. You know, what is it? Did you like to draw Do you like to garden? Do you like to cook? Like, do you like to sing? That that thing, like your zone of genius where you shine and you know it. Like we, I believe we truly all have a zone of genius. We all have unique gifts and we all have talent inside of us. We just have to go back
0: and remember what it is. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people, their zone of genius, their superpower, what they're so good at most people we don't recognize it in ourselves because it's it's just innate in us like we just do it and we just think everyone is like that so finding your genius what's so fascinating is when you can ask someone else hey hey Wendy what do you think my superpower is what do you think my genius is right like when you have someone in your life coach a friend a colleague somebody that you really trust and you ask them what they think it is cuz it's super obvious to a lot of people Because we don't have all those qualities like you do, or you know, me, you, meaning the listener, and that's what I love about this whole concept of like your superpower and your genius. Like when people don't think they have one, I'm like, oh no, no, you absolutely do. You just probably are overlooking it because it's come so naturally to you.
1: Yeah, and you, so you discredit it, and we go in and we usually notice. Our flaws and we focus on our flaws and that's where we spend our time Mm. instead of just really looking at our gifts and saying, how can I enhance and how can I step through that, that thing that's saying that I'm not good enough and do it anyway, because it's your unique gift that was given to you because it's meant to be shared in the world.
0: Okay, number four. Number four is
1: who do you know that is living their calling? So that becomes a role model. That becomes a mentor. That becomes your coach. You get around those people. You want to be in the room with people that are living their calling. And that was the thing about our book called to speak, lead and impact. Every one of the co-authors feels called to speak, to share their message, on stage, either through writing, social media, they feel called to speak. They feel called to lead and create community and impact. And even if it's just one person, so get around those people, get in that juju. (laughs) It it overflows. Like you want to be in the overflow. It's like a fan blowing air. That's air. Now I can breathe more air, more air, more air, and know who those people are. Like who are yeah. the people that are most enthusiastic? That are that are living and breathing. They're calling every day. Get um, them on the speed dial. You know you. Have to- <laughs> I think that's why we connect because you ooze that out, and there's the synergy that happens when you're around those people. You will
0: catch the overflow you will catch the overflow oh my gosh for sure who is that do you have a do you have like a favorite author influencer someone who you really look up to as far as like someone who you think just really just lives their calling you know I have seasons
1: of of people for me Bob Proctor he modeled that and he is no longer with us but he has left a legacy. And because I am so drawn to legacy, want to leave something in the world like this book that lives beyond my physical life, that when you see somebody that has had that kind of impact and imprint on the world. Like he has, he dedicated his whole life to that. So I feel like he's my best friend. I feel like he's my father. I feel like I can talk to him and say, Hey, Bob Proctor this morning, I was talking to Bob Proctor while I was walking, you know, so it doesn't have to be somebody that, that, you know, it, You know, it could be an author and somebody that's no longer here, but I feel his presence. So I would say Bob Proctor, because this morning I was just having a little chit chat with him when I was walking. This morning and in years past, it's been Wayne Dyer because he's he's made such a significant difference and have helped entrepreneurs like Sarah Blakely. It talks about that her dad gave her those tape recorders and she listened to it over and over again. And she attributes having a billion dollar company at the age of 40 because of the influence of listening to his inspiring messages like from Wayne Dyer.
0: So, yeah, those are a couple of people that come to mind for me. I love it. Oh, so good. There's so many people and I love that you have, you know, you, there's people that you can never have met before, right? You can find them on Instagram or on social media or read their books. And then you also have the people in your own life that you do have on speed dial that, you know, you can connect with. I am grateful for you, Wendy, because we, I know that I can always call Wendy just Hey, I need a little pick-me-up, or I'm working on this project, or I need a little brainstorm. And we could just talk all day long about this stuff, whether it's a Saturday, Sunday, it doesn't matter. It's all the time. It can happen. <laughs> it's true. You want to know Ooh, who those so lifers fun. are. I see you calling. I'm like, all right, I got to grab it. It's got to pick it up. Um, all right. I love it. These are such awesome questions. Um, all right. What's question five? Five is the greatest asset that we have,
1: which is time. And there's no time like the present. We can push things off to tomorrow, next year, sometime in my future. You don't have to leap and resign from your career. You can segue in slowly, but what you have is here now. And at the end of our lives, we are going to look at the things that we didn't do that were inside of us that that calling so if you feel this urge to write a book then go be part of a collaborative co-author book so you write a chapter and you have a published book and can become a best-selling author if you want to be a speaker then do it on the side if you want to have a shopify site and and sell t-shirts just start with a couple t shirts, but do it now because that will infuse the energy that it brings in. It will infuse in your relationships, in your health and in your life so to circle back to what kind of life do you want to live that you can still have your corporate career I did for many years my kids were in college and I had thought about transitioning the exit strategy for me took three years which is why I'm so passionate about helping those that want to pivot and change careers and then build that out so it makes sense I'm not a fan of leaping in the net will appear because if you need to pay the electric bill, you need to to know where your resources are. So to have somebody that can show you the ropes and the good and the bad and and the ugly and the truth, the truth, not the pie in the sky, seven figures, eight figures, like to be sensible about things and to, to lean in time, though the time is now to go ahead and start a side hustle or to to lean into a passion project. And then as you your identity shifts into it and you ask the question, who am I becoming? And then if you can concretely say that my calling is to, then you make the transition. But I believe you can have it all. And I believe you can start that process right now.
0: I love that you talk about the transition because I think many type A driven individuals are very, we're all or nothing, right? We're like, we want, if you want to be a speaker, we're like, yeah, well, we want to, we want to, be on stages and speak all over the world but it's a process it takes it's a process it takes work you have to figure out what is that message then you have to craft it and get on stages stage after stage after stage until you get really really good you work with a lot of coaches and speakers what do you feel is the biggest challenge for new speakers that are coming out that really want to make this a career and speak more Mm -hmm. and they just haven't really gotten to that place yet what's the biggest challenge for them
1: Go all in, make a commitment, be consistent, and have goals. Recently, I just posted my one-page goal sheet. All of 2010 goals were on one page, one sheet of paper. Each category had one sentence, one sentence. And I had one theme in focus for the year, and that was speak. And I was going to count everything. And back in 2010, we didn't have all this fancy stuff. Right, the stream yard and live streaming on YouTube, although we did have YouTube, and speak as many times as you can and get out there and just dress rehearse and share your message. And to do it in a core group, you can have a book club and then start that way, but start small, start now, go all in
0: and be consistent. What advice would you give? to someone who is dealing with imposter syndrome they still they believe in their message but they also kind of are nervous to get on stage they're nervous to share their message and they're kind of scared about the haters right you talked about it when you get up on stage some people aren't you are not for everyone some people are not going to like you and that's totally okay but how do you kind of coach someone through just gaining more confidence than getting on stage and speaking
1: Oh my goodness. You know what I remember? The first time I was speaking, I was on a panel. I was frozen in fear. I was in a hotel and I was in my room and you can do it. You can do it. No, you can't. You can do it. No, you can't. You can do it. But my why, I printed out my why. I put it in a frame and I took it with me to my speaking events. I held it literally like a security blanket. (laughs) I had it next to me in my bedroom on the nightstand, I had a copy in my office and then I carried it with me when I was speaking. And I I just knew and I understood that you're not going to be comfortable. You have to feel the fear and do it anyway and you have to get your reps in and yeah. you have to somehow muster up the courage somebody asked me a question from the audience, like right away. And I called on them, which is like, don't do that. Like, you know, I didn't know, like I'm speaking and someone asked a question. I let him ask the question. And then I got nervous with the question. And when you know better, you'll do better. So then I was like, all right, I'm not going to take any questions for <laughs> when I'm starting a talk, but I wouldn't know that. And I'm glad I had that experience. I can still feel the butterflies that I had. And I felt like I was going to throw up and I was like, like, just go, just do it, just do it. And you do that and you do that 10 times. And then you take some trainings and you take some classes. I hired a coach that I paid $37,000 for so that I $37,000. It was a, so, and oh my goodness. right out of the gate, that was the beginning of, it was the end of 2009 for a program starting in 2010. So figure back then, if it was $37,000, what that is uh, in in today's, like if you were to convert it. And what I knew is I wanted to, I I was 50 years old. So I wanted to consolidate. And now I'm 61. So 11 years later, I needed to consolidate the learning curve. I put on two credit cards, I divide in half and said, oh my goodness, right? This is the person. And because she was funny and and plus she was going to put you on a big stage and she was going to fill the audience, which is what I committed to with the co-authors with this book, that I would have an event and give them a platform. Many many of them were speaking for the first time and others were more seasoned speakers. So it was, you know, it was a, a diverse group. And I did that. And what it did was I was I was surrounded by a group of other people that were committed to share their message and to move through that uncertainty and have that push. And that was the accountability piece. You invest the money, the ROI. I knew that if I tried to do it 10 years by myself, I'd be looking at 60 and still be pushing through that imposter syndrome. Like I, I became a speaker and, um, she had, nine different cities and then the t- in in the US New York and LA and you could pick your city Chicago and I was like I'm not picking any of those cities and she had one international city and it was Toronto I picked Toronto so when I spoke on stage in Toronto I became an international speaker yes. and I wanted to put that on my business card that first year I launched myself as a speaker that the the inner voice Said to me, it is true. You are an international speaker because you spoke in Toronto.
0: <laughs> we have, to, we have oh, to. trick ourselves into it. Yeah, and it's and I, and it's the process. You said it's the process. You have to go through all those things. You have to make those mistakes, and you still feel you still feel the feelings of when you got up on stage. You have to go through all those things, and and really go through the the feeling of what it's like to make the mistake, to be on stage, to give a talk, even if it's really good. I know even even today, still I'll get off stage and I'll and I'll get brave reviews um on my on the forms, but I'll still be like, mm, I missed this. I should have done that. I could have done this better. I, you know, because you're always improving. There's always ways to get better. And so that's what I love about you and again why we're friends is like we're always in that growth mindset but you have to start you have to do it and everyone you know everyone has that message they have some kind of message that they want to share we could talk for hours on end uh we should do another episode just talking about confidence and getting over imposter syndrome because that's like a whole topic in and of itself but before i let you go i always ask every one of my guests What is one activity, 10 minutes or less, to help spark your creativity? That activity that I would want to share today
1: is to walk with your recorder. You know the Dictaphone. I worked for Dictaphone. So to (laughs) walk with your phone with the recorder on and start to speak out speak out the future as if it already happened and throw in all these wild things. And then I was in a safari in Africa and then I flew a plane and then I was in a helicopter in Hawaii. Just throw out a variety of ideas. You might laugh, you might cry, but throw out and start to experiment with your life. And if it doesn't feel right, like, I play the violin. Well, actually I did play the violin when I was in sixth grade. So you're having a dialogue with yourself, become your own best friend and your own cheerleader and do it. Like you've got this, you can do this. You feel the imposter syndrome, but you know what? You are pretty good at what you do. Not all the time. Sometimes you Not good at all, but that's okay because you're willing to do it. So have fun with the process because spirituality and personal growth can be really intense and serious. So take your recorder, play, be your own BFF. And then I'm always surprised what comes out of my mouth. When I start recording the first couple minutes, I'm getting warmed up. And then three, five minutes later, I'm saying something like, wow, okay, where'd that come from? Well, that's cool you know, so yeah, experiment with that.
0: Awesome. All right. Called to speak, lead and impact. Where can people get a copy of this incredible book. Right here, we are
1: on Amazon. We are on Amazon, on Kindle, Amazon. And also, this is one of those books where I think you're going to want to have the book book in your hand as a reference. 22 empowering chapters that you can flip to. I think that it's going to be a resource book for you, one of those books. I don't know if you can see my bookshelf Back there, but there are some books I really like to have in the tangible book. And I'll I'll go back to time and time again. I believe that this book is that book as well.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Congratulations on the book, Wendy. This was uh, Cedric. I love the questions. I think it's a really powerful way for people to discover their calling. So appreciate you taking the time as always. Oh my goodness. Um,
1: I love you, Kate. I love you. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> I feel like doing like one of these things, like we do, like, and we go like what? this. Right? We're
0: always, always <laughs> doing something cheesy and ridiculous <laughs> when we're together. <laughs> All right. You're That's awesome. Sweet. I will see you soon. <laughs> Bye everyone. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something out of it. And I hope that at least one of these questions, if not all of them, really inspired you to think about life differently. Think about your life, where you are, the direction of where you're going, to think about it a little bit differently. And these are great questions to consider. They're great questions to journal about. They're also great questions to revisit on a regular basis. To make sure that we really are living our purpose and living our calling. And and many times what will happen is maybe you are, maybe you're exactly where you're meant to be and you feel it and you know it and you're in that sense of peace and you know that you're doing exactly what you're meant to do. And these questions, they can help solidify that. They can help you feel more fulfilled because you're like, wow, yes, I am on the right track. I am on the right path. And if you're not, these are questions to consider to help kind of shift you in the direction that you really want to go. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something out of it. Would love to hear from you. So let me know over on Instagram or LinkedIn. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was from the show. Would love to hear from you. And also, if you have not yet written a review, I would love for you to go over to iTunes to write a review because it really does help the show. It helps more people to find it. And I really love doing the show. So I'm so grateful for you for listening. Thank you so much for being here. And of course, I hope you're creating for no reason. I hope you're working on projects that really bring you a lot of joy and fulfillment. If there's any way that I can support you, please let me know. And until next time, go create something.